anime fans, mecha aficionados, pedo bears, <laughs> Gundam fiends, and badass normals. But most importantly, friends. Welcome to another episode of Gundam. I am Bill Whipton. And uh, I have been uh, invited back by the wonderful staff of this, uh, this great podcast. And it, it is wonderful to be back among friends, both old and new. In my travels throughout the world, I have gone to spread the wonderful news of mecha anime. Thank you. <laughs> and I've had very happy times. I want you to all know that the people that are here with me, they are the heroes of my life. <laughs> really? I have been inspired by, by many an actor and, and director. She just came. And I've collaborated with many on uh, multiple projects. Some worked, some didn't. Yoshiyuki Tamino, Kunio Okawara, Mamoru Nagano, Kazumi Fujita, and Shinichiro Watanabe, among others. Indeed, I could go on, but modesty forbids my continuing. But that brings us to what I'm here for today. There have been some questions sent to me by some of you listeners out there, and I am more than happy to engage in a conversation with these wonderful gentlemen. With me today, I have, of course, Chris Guanche. Hi. Bald Wizard. Soul Bro Rio. Yo, what's going on? And in the corner here, Neo. Como estas? <laughs> Me llamo es Neo. <laughs> Who has just just recently assumed the uh, the part of blonde ace once again. <laughs> oh, man. As and hairless, too. <laughs> almost. But um, I'm here to uh, ask a few questions, or at least to confer or pass over to you guys some questions from some listeners. In advance, I do want to thank everyone that uh, submitted some questions. So we'll get right into everything right now. Oh, man. And uh, my first question that I have received, this is from Seraphic on the Mecca Talk boards. His question, or questions as it were, were not necessarily uh, specific questions, more discussions. And so we can kick this right off. First question that, uh, or the first discussion would be on your, your take on how Sci-Fi Channel has been approaching and been playing the anime. Do you like the choice of anime that, has, uh, that have graced the small screen? And any opinions on how everything is depicted, choice of movies, that kind of thing. It totally sucks, dude. <laughs> please, please, engage, engage. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> no. Um, is in, in a matter of context, as compared to Adult Swim's approach, oh. and, and how everything, is, how everything has, uh, is treated with anime, you know, your you feelings mean, on... Sci-Fi Channel. Adult you Swim, the way they, they rape anime and, and oh. just throw it in the trash like a like a like a prom baby. Damn. <laughs> you, you were throwing down the gauntlet <laughs> tonight. <laughs> and now it begins. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, since I've already uh, stuck my neck out, I might as well just keep on going. Keep on. Um, <laughs> it certainly is nice to see Sci-Fi showing anime again, since you know they they were an outlet for that in the nineties. 
back in the olden days of anime uh, fandom, and then they stopped for many years. So I like that they have quality shows like uh, Gurren Lagann and Gundam Double O. I just uh, don't like that they feel a need to like just horribly cut into these shows like whenever the hell they want to with no like uh, logical break just to get in more commercials. Yeah, that's true. And how um, you know they do stuff like with Double O at the end of the first season, they just fast-forwarded through the epilogue mm-hmm. and kind of screwed that up. So, Which has me worried because um, the end of season the end of season two also has a pretty long um, credit sequence, although maybe they'll have some sense about it this time. Way to screw up the ending. Hey, man. <laughs> Hopefully they'll fix Lelouch that. Lelouch is dead. <laughs> Again God with this guy. It, man. <laughs> Always with this guy in Lelouch. He's oh. dead. Well, no, Neo. Fiend. I, such a killjoy. <laughs> I've got a lot of admiration for sci-fi for um for bringing back anime. Pretty pretty hardcore in their network. I mean, so at least with Anime Mondays, they're showing a lot of um animes that I don't think other stations would uh, you know take a chance on. And I'm glad to see that they took the the charge with Gundam and you know they're bringing back Gundam on the air and taking a chance on Double O, which is an excellent show. And I totally commend them for it. I don't like the fact that they are trying to squeeze in a ton of commercials. It almost seems like they're doing a Toon Disney thing where they just are forcing commercials in wherever they want and p- might possibly be shaving out some show content due to that. I don't like that at all, but, you know, you got to make money off commercials, and I, I guess I see the necessity in that. I'll be honest. I don't really have really an opinion one way or the other. I, th- I think it's good because they have a pretty good mix. You have Double O and Gurren Logan. There's They've shown Ninja Scroll. Uh, Macross Plus, some other stuff in there. In reality, I guess more of anything, they probably just want people to go out and buy the DVDs. In this type of uh, environment that we have, you can, you know, you can definitely get the DVDs. So if there's anything that was cut down or whatever, in terms of what comparing to what Adult Swim has done, uh, I think they're both on par because it's all on one day now. So it's like I don't think Sci-Fi is doing anything that's completely different to what Adult Swim is doing. Adult Swim is went from like five or six days a week to one, so it's. I mean, and sci-fi does just one night a week, too. So those are my thoughts. Thank you, gentlemen. The next question is a little more lighthearted. All right. In your opinions, do you feel like, well, as I I know that your opinions will come through clearly on these, but um, concerning G Gundam, do you feel like there were any flaws with the show? (laughs) Once again, seraphic with the question. In what way? Just, just flaws well, just in general. Flaws in general, perhaps with the story or approach well, to storytelling. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's flaws in everything. Nothing's perfect. So, I mean, there's probably plot holes and plot devices. And no, there's no flaw. The Gundam is perfect. I mean, Shut the hell up. What are you talking I mean, about? I'll freaking kill you. I, I think I think for what it is, and you know, if you looked on it at paper, you know, giant Gundams doing martial arts. It sounds really stupid, and it comes off to being one of the better. Um, one of the better series. No, dude, it's totally awesome. You're full of crap. So, but uh, that's kind of a, a, I guess, a vague answer. But I mean, there's nothing that was like blaring to me as a flaw. You know, nothing that was like Suzaku did it or, um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, didn't we agree that we're not going to talk about Code Geass for a long? This is time? this is a non-numbered episode. So, like, uh, all those rules, those treaties are void. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Suzaku did it. Great blunders in anime <laughs> prognostication. Yeah. <laughs> and troll them. There is a second part to this question. Oh. Oh. And so perhaps this may open up the discussion a little bit. Did, it, did I get to the first part? Ha. <laughs> 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 Could it be possible? And again, this is 
highly hypothetical, but could it be possible for a sequel to the show? And what would you, gentlemen, personally do to make it good if it was in your hands? So Again, Sir Afik, thank so you. I, I take that? it to the, the, the writer of the show here, Solbra. His, oh. un, his unpublished works. Oh, well, thank you. Um, G Gundam did leave it open for a sequel. I don't think it needs one, but if it did, I would go with a whole different generation and, um, you know, have... Generation G. Yeah, I mean, it might as well. I mean, there was a previous generation that preceded the gener- well, the story that we watched, and I would make it another generation to have some connections to the original storyline, but, you know, introduce a whole new story. Expand the premise, make it more super robot-ish if you can. Because we've had nothing but real, real robot Gundam for a while now, so it'd be nice to get back into a nice super robot one if we could. But other than that, that's that's my take. And as for negative, um, anything negative about G Gundam, for me, I had a hard time getting past the premise. But once you sit down and watch the show, it, it it's not that big of a deal. It, it it makes it real unique. Well, for the first part, um, you know, of course, it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. Uh, this plot setup at the beginning can be a little predictable. Like you know how after the first episode, you spend the next four episodes in a row, you know, being introduced to the other guys that will be in the future Shuffle Alliance, or how Domon has to defeat these guys, and he's got to fight these guys for the next four episodes in a row. So that's a little predictable, but it's not really that big of a deal. In terms of a sequel, uh, I don't really agree that it leaves the room open for a sequel, because they pretty much wrapped up everything, and, you know, there's just some things that don't need a sequel, and I don't think G Gundam needs one. I mean, why... Why ruin something that's good? I mean, what more could you do with this kind of story in this kind of universe? It yeah. would just be, it would just become like a tournament fighting show. Yeah, it would be the same thing. So it might end up being formulatic too, and I guess that would be another um, negative thing. But well, darn, or you darn. Just do, I stand do, down. You could just do George as usual. Do George's counterattack. <laughs> uh, thank you, gentlemen. Ah, G Gundam, the school of the undefeated of the East. The winds of the king. Zenshin Keiretsu Tempa Kioren. Look, the east is burning red. Such inspiring words. And I do love words. I must, I must now take a cold shower to cool my hot blood. Our next question comes from our good friend, Destiny Gundam. Oh. Peter from Windsor. Destiny Gundam, his first question to you gentlemen. What is your take on fan service? Love it, tolerate it, think it's garbage that cheapens the value of a series and should be killed by various forms of fire. Please, gentlemen, I open the forum to you. In terms of fan service, I, I think if it's, if it's within the story and you know, it just depends what type of story you're doing, um, I, I, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, everything has fan service, sex sells. I mean, that's just how it is, but... I mean, if you're trying to do, like, a serious, like, first Gundam and you're just going to have, like, you know, big-breasted chicks running around like the Natsumi sisters from Tenjo Tenge, then, yeah, that's that's a little stupid. But I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, it's not like I love it or hate it. I just It's just part of the storytelling things. I mean, let's be honest. Women are beautiful creatures. You don't want to sit there and watch some guys and some Speedos. Maybe maybe you do. I'm sure we have listeners that would like that. But some members of the audience the just might. horror. The horror, exactly. <clears throat> Anyone want to add to that? Uh... I'll start with uh, with an admission. Not really an admission. Go for I, it. I like boobs. I do too. So, what a coincidence. Um, yeah. 
So fan service is fine uh, as long as it doesn't go overboard. Yeah. I know some people uh, tend to have like uh, they can be quite supple, like school marm, you know, attitudes of I don't want any fan service ever in any anime. If there's even one single shot of fan service, it ruins the story for me, and I don't want that. So. That's a little too out there. And then there's, you know, people who watch dumb shows just for the fan service. And I unfortunately know too many people like that. So just find a happy medium. You know, fan service is fine as long as it doesn't... As long as the show isn't just about fan service, then it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, like I've seen I've seen that backfire. Like, um, I remember when Nodrick Blitztack just came out. And I, it, it looked really cool. It looked really cool. And I thought that it was going to have some substance. But that show is 100% fan service all the time there is some substance i mean it's kind of got not to review the show but i mean that's like the perfect example of fan service overload but like I'm, i gotta agree with chris fan service when done cleverly or you know when used sparingly i wouldn't say sparingly but used um properly so you look forward to it is is a good use of fan service i know my man peter agrees thank you for the question our next question from destiny gundam is a little nope. bit more of a change of pace in fact it's not even mecha related in fact, most specifically, he was wondering, if indiv- individually for you, what are some non-mecha sci-fi animes you like and would recommend to our glorious audience? Oh, non-mecha or non-mecha sci-fi? Correct. Well, I mean, you got stuff like uh, Ghost of the Shell, um, any like the Captain Harlock stuff. I would say. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Outlaw Star. Outlaw Star is a good one, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yes. Galactic. I was waiting for you to say it, man. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna yeah. do, do crap on your parade. Wait, you, for once, you weren't gonna interrupt and, and preempt somebody and I, ruin everything. I shut my yap just for you, what? <laughs> dude. What's what's wrong with you? I know, man. I'm sober. What can I say? <laughs> um, any any other ones, gentlemen? I, I, I let me think. Um, I liked um, Infinite Revise. I think that's you know there is kind of a mecha in it. Um, it's not pr- predominantly, you know, mecha based, but um, that and pl- uh, Planets. The dirty pair. Guy <laughs> <laughs> goes to a fan service question. <laughs> and that's fan service done right. It is. <laughs> they did everything right in the eighties. And um, Bubblegum Crisis, although you know there there is mecha. a kind of mecha in there. It's it's more cyberpunk than it is mecha. So I I I I, I suggest that on that merit. Destiny Gundam once again. Dude, Peter, what the hell are you doing, man? Why, why, why are you getting so many damn questions? Uh, Don't be so damn greedy, man. No, no. I was just going to thank him for the questions. Oh, oh well. Way, way to pull a soul, bro, there. <laughs> Still, I apologize, Mr. Whitten, on we, behalf. We have switched oh. places tonight. Yes. <laughs> damn it. No, no need to apologize. Oh, man. Our next question comes from Red Comet 90 For the gentleman. The Gundam Brain Trust, if you will. <laughs> what or who originally introduced you to Mecha and or Gundam in general? Please. It, it was, um, okay, one day I was walking home from school, and this kind of like really big old car pulled up next to me, and the dark tinted window came rolling down, and uh, this guy, he had like a trench coat on, and he had a wide brim like hat, like a fedora, and he had black sunglasses on. And he's like, hey, little boy, (laughs) I got some uh, robots in my car. You want to see them? And I was like, I must tell you, Chris, thus far I am slightly disturbed by (laughs) where this this story is going. It's like a repressed memory. 
And 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 I was like, okay. So then I he opens the door, and and I notice that um, even though he's wearing this long trench coat, um, he doesn't have any trousers on. And then some other stuff happened, and I started watching Gundam. Yeah, he had a he had a Zaku on his. And that's that's pretty much it. Some, somewhere some, somewhere you blanked out. <laughs> no, I don't remember anything else, but oh, that 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 that's about it. No, really. Uh, back in the eighties, I started watching um, as a kid uh, Voltron, Transformers, and then kind of stuck with it through the nineties uh, Exo Squad, um, and then I just sort of jumped into uh, Robotech on Cartoon Network, then found the real Macross, and then just got into Gundam because a friend of mine had bought the uh, cheap Anime Village sub-tapes. Nice. And I borrowed them from him, and then I was hooked. The end. Yeah, pretty much the same here. I mean, just growing up and, and watching them on television. Um, actually, my, it's funny. The first recollection of anything with uh, Gundam was I used to go to this comic shop, and a guy actually had a Char Aznable figure. And he kept telling me it was from a Japanese show called Gundam, which I find kind of ironic. But, you know, later on, uh, my introduction to Gundam was pretty much like everyone else's uh, through the Toonami. But, you know, the same thing. You know, you just start watching more and more and more. Solbro? Me? I mean, I guess my, my story is pretty similar to the other ones. Um, I grew up, 80s child, watched Voltron, Monganzer Z, which was Transor Z at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, the flying house, all that good stuff. And then, you know, eventually in 85, I stumbled upon Robotech. And um, that broke my cherry when it came to real anime. You know, at the time, that was like the realest thing you can get. I wasn't, you know, too hip on the um, underground tapes and all that scene. But, you know. Was there a guy in a car for you, too? You know what? I probably blanked that out. <laughs> and his name was Carl Masick. <laughs> anyway, um, Robotech, really awesome experience for an eight-year-old. And just growing up. Getting into um, anime on my own, watching bootleg tapes, and mecha anime is probably my favorite genre, and I, I, I'm sticking with it till, um, till the end. Our next question from Red Comet 90. I must point out to Red Comet 90 is not without a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> he requested that we go into a little more detail about Sobro Ryu's obsession with a machine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> really? I mean, what more can be said? He's just got a creepy otaku fashion, you know, fetish with some. For our guests here today, sitting in on this recording, I must point out to you that we had a segment about Soul Bros Men. <laughs> though that sounds, though that sounds a bit creepy, the I would say the word would be alternative. The intention was to talk about all of the characters, all the male characters in shows that Soul Bro seems to identify with, but alas. When it comes to Sobro Ryu, there is only one woman for him. <laughs> and that is a machine from Zeta Gundam. <laughs> during my last visit oh. during my last visit to the Gundam studio, I had mentioned how Sobro used the uh, most recent iteration of Soul Calibur to create <laughs> a machine. Believe me when I tell you, could not have made that up. <laughs> That's creepy, dude. I made other characters. I just made Emma one of them. I'm sorry. Dude, what, are, what have you been doing with your free time, man? I made like 20. You all suck, for real. <laughs> I, I, 
and, and going to, it just, uh, not that the audience can see this, but Austin, when he was talking, when, um, when, um, Bill Whipton was talking about a machine, uh, Austin, uh, resident hater, he's throwing this, he's doing a downward thumb symbol <laughs> with his hand. And I was like, why? <laughs> Uh, you suck. Anyway, he's just hating on Emma. Anyways, but no, Emma sucks. I, 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 like, I was. It was the best part of Zeta's when she died. No, oh. that's not. That's Cot's dying. Oh. You, are, you are the foulest human being there is. Laying on and the hate. Emma, Emma was cool because she was a character that developed throughout the show. Um, she was a mother figure to Camille. Maybe I got a thing for characters like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know what my first crush was? It was actually Lisa Hayes on um, Robotech years who's, ago. Who's Lisa Hayes? Years ago, exactly. Misa Me, Misa Hayase. Misa Misa Hayase for the for the non-inducted into Robotech. But um, <laughs> I, I like Lisa for the longest while, and Emma to some degree reminds me of her too. So I I've just got to say I, I a bridge a bridge. Uh, I like cool chicks a, like Emma. A bridge what, personnel you, you, versus you like uh, bitchy bridge women. Is that what you're saying? You know what though? <laughs> you know Lisa had some layers that. Had to be peeled back, and she turned out to be really cool. And and Emma was a no nonsense person too. And I, I, Dude, I, I so thought she was far a to the opposite show. until she got space yeah. madness and, and jumped yeah. out of the Mark II yeah. at the end of the series for no reason at all. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh Emma. Uh, anyway, I, I I I have a I have a I have a never ending love for Emma Sheen, and and I I will admit Apparently. it. I'm good. I think I know she's fake. I know she's an anime character. I do have you? Do, I have to live with that every day. Okay. And my I girlfriend what, has to live with that too. I think what our friend. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a nice thing to say, actually. I think what our friend Austin was trying to say when we gave him the microphone, he was more trying to channel that great philosopher that is, Mr. David Chappelle. <laughs> when he once said, "I wish I had two extra hands." <laughs> So I could give you four thumbs down. It's <laughs> pretty good. Our next question. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. Our next question comes from our good friend, Wielder. Okay. And so I will just um, read off this question. These are very good questions. People tend to assume that most mecha anime have no replay value, especially these days. But I often happen to respectfully disagree. Can you guys think of any mecha series, movie, or OVA, preferably non-Gundam, if possible, since that's been partially covered on the show maybe a couple of times before. No way. <laughs> what? But can you think of a show which gave you a noticeably uh, different experience, insight, or perspective upon rewatch maybe a second time around? Uh, Mecha-related, then? Um, probably, yeah, probably yes, original Macross. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on there, especially like towards the end of the show that, that kind of devastated Earth arc. Um, you see a lot of things in there. I'll be honest with you. I mean, a lot, the Gal Gygar, of course, is going to be replay value, but that's only for sugar highs. Spectacular. I'll be show. honest with you. If, if it's really just a good, decent show, it pretty much is going to have replay value. It just depends when you're going to replay it. Not much more I could say on that. So, Solbro? I think there's a lot of mecha anime that's worth watching more than once. Um, I saw different things in the Desco the second time I watched it and how well the 
Gekiganger TV show mirrored everything that was going on in the sh- series, or it was, you know, reflected opposite. Die Guard was a lot more fun the second time around, I think. That was a really cool show. Let's watch the second time. Um, but yeah, most for, most of the Gundam series, not to mention them, they're, they're pretty much watchable. That's the whole point. Yeah, that was the whole them. point of that. Well, were, you, were you listening to the questions, yeah. no, bro? No, I wasn't. I was sleeping. Just off in your own little world, <laughs> frolicking through a field with that machine? I know. Rolling in the grass, the green yes. grass. You get you get a U for pays attention to class instructions. Oh, I'm so in trouble when I get home. You have home. to go in the corner. <laughs> Unsatisfactory. I would say a show for me was uh, Macross 7. Yeah. Not so much because of the show itself, but because of my perceptions of what it was and what I was expecting. You know, The first time I saw the show, maybe nine years ago, I was expecting something very much in the vein of the original Macross series and thus was severely disappointed when it didn't meet that expectation. We're coming back to it years later, you know, accepting the show for what it was, you know, for all of its faults, for all the good things that it does, just taking it for what it is and not, you know, in the shadow of the original series, I was able to enjoy it much, much more. You know, I still have some of the same problems that I did all those years ago, but I think that the second time around I had a much more open mind and was able to find enjoyment that I did not see that first time. I will, I will mention a show that confused me more the second time I watched it, The Big O. <laughs> well, that's the second half of it, but um, it, that, that's, that's a show that probably deserves a rewatch anyway. But anyway. Or a rewrite. No doubt. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Wielder's next question is as follows. While in some ways the mecha genre is big on imitation or at best reinterpretation, it's also innovative from time to time. So what would you consider to be an impressive or surprising use of Mecca. It doesn't have to be something entirely unexpected or unimaginable, although that would be fine. Mainly, what you found to be personally interesting or still relatively new as far as you are concerned. What do you mean, like, in terms of, like, the use of, uh, of a Mecca during, um, you know, instead of, like, just fighting people or what? Is that... I mean, in uses for the mecha in in the show in the within the context of oh, okay. the story. Um, pat labor is always interesting because they're True. you know it was more like everyday use, and they were used for um, you know like police enforcement and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, you mentioned Diegar. That was kind of interesting, where it just became like an amusement park ride more than anything. <laughs> we got degraded to that. Yeah, I, I like how um, I like how Takahashi uses uh, mecha in his series. How it's a bit more realistic and scaled down. Like, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Gasaraki, but I can, I can, see, I liked how real world those suits were. And then, of course, there's Votoms where, you know, how, how generic those suits were, but they seemed very realistic in, in their applications. And I, I like to see how that is incorporated into an anime series. But, Chris, any, um, any thoughts at all? Uh, what they said. <laughs> Right on. Ah, Votoms. I am reminded of a time years and years ago in in working with uh, Ryo Takahashi. During the development stages, I had suggested that perhaps he color Shiriko's hair blue. (laughs) So as to extend the point of his his cold demeanor in battle. Takahashi-san, I thank you. Wielder... So how old are you then? I was... Still a spring chicken, as it is. <laughs> as I am in, of more advanced Force. age. Force of corn seven years ago as you were born. Indeed. Something like that. Yes. Wielder, once again, thank you. Infinite thanks for your questions. Our next question. 
How many more of these are there? Do we have to do all of them? Yeah, this is good. We are we're making actually very good time. Why do we have to take feedback from these filthy listeners? What? what we, oops, are we live? I mean, um, we are very live. We uh, we love to hear from all of our wonderful listeners, and you're gonna cut that out of post, right? Right? Adam, right? Of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we, nobody will know what I'm talking about. We just we just timestamped it, so you're okay. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. We have two more uh, contributions to the questions, so we are we are almost done. The next question comes from a man in a wonderful part of town uh, of the of the world, really. He hails from uh, the Bridge City of Canada. Go Canada. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. This is Derek S. And in my travels over the years, I, I do recall visiting the town filled with the Saskatonians. <laughs> and what sticks out in my mind is my visit to the Mendel Art Gallery. But Derek does have some questions, and I digress. First question from Derek. What are your favorite non-mobile suit or mobile armor vehicles, such as tanks, aircraft, space fighters, etc.? Hey, wait, didn't we say none of this question? Yeah, I think we did, didn't we? Not really. There was uses, but uh, this is more of a personal favorites of things that are not um, mobile suits or mobile armors. I'll say this. um, Char's sports car from um, CDA. (laughs) That mess was awesome. When you rolled up in it, so badass. That's mine right there. Char's sports car. Done. (laughs) I like the homo Avis because it sounds so stupid. Actually, the uh, the way they redesigned those Magella tanks and OAFMS team was pretty cool. They, they, you know, they didn't look as silly. Um, probably the other one would be I don't know if you could count it, but be that that one like Zaku tank in uh, MS Igloo. Um, it was more mainly a tank, but it, you know, it had a little mobile suit body. You there. mean the Hildolfer? Hildolfer, yes. The thing that's a step below gun tank. <laughs> Piloted by uh, Mr. Tic Tacs. Yeah, Mr. Right. Tic Tacs. <laughs> and the Sky Grasper. I like yeah, the Sky Grasper, to too. The, d- the delivery plane you system. couldn't be a blonde ace without liking a Sky Grasper, not could you? I like uh, the, the rather obscure uh, Saberfish from MSG. Yeah. It's a nice little fighter. Yeah. It's funky looking. Derek actually uh, gave a nod to the Gaddle from uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Oh, Missiles, okay. skis, two cockpits... And all in Shar Custom Red. <laughs> a brilliant machine, indeed. Derek's final question is, what do you think of the future of Gundam series animation styles and quality? Will it continue to gradual evolution of traditional animation, i.e. Gundam 00, use the full CG, such as exhibited in Igloo, or a distinct combination of the two, as previously seen in Macross Frontier, with characters being Cell and Mecha being CG? Which do you prefer? Is there any info or speculation on what route Unicorn might be taking? Oh, God. Um, it's a bit of a mouthful, but... I'm, I'm sure the evolution will be towards more HD, just like the evolution of HD programming, just for live-action stuff. As opposed to the styles, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't, I don't even mind if they combine CG and cell shading and traditional, as long as you can't really tell it apart too much. Uh, sometimes it's been the, the problem with some of these shows, you know, especially the CGI. After a couple of years, it gets a little dated looking. 
and it doesn't hold up as well as uh, you know some of the traditional anime. But it's probably going to depend on what works best for the company. Probably since we're talking Japanese com- companies, what's most cost effective? Uh, and dated CG. I am reminded of Pilot Candidate. <laughs> <laughs> we shall not speak of that show. Please. Or Candidate for goodness. Continue. I would just think that it's just going to go t- more towards the 16 by 9 and then the HD. So, but Chris, what what do you think? It's kind of hard to tell because you know you've got some things going down the the all CG route like Igloo. Yeah. Uh, and my personal opinion, it always has always been that even good CG will eventually look dated. Yeah. But good animation never gets old. And even contemporarily with Igloo, even the brand new Igloo 2, watching it in Blu-ray, they still have the freaking funky faces with the yeah. weird expressions and some of the, like, the weird like hand and arm and body movements that just are kind of like... Real jerky. And- it's like, it's like, like that, that uncanny valley of like, they look a little too creepy because they're too human and they act a little too unnaturally. Yeah. I also am not that big of a fan of mixing traditional cell animation with CG for like battles. Votomes, Pales and Files is a prime example. By the end of the show, they had some great CG, but early on they had some junk that looked worse than was in the PS2 game. Oh, yeah. Geez. So I prefer, you know, cell animation always. So seeing stuff like, you know, Double O, I prefer that. Uh, sometimes it can be done well having a hybrid like, say, Macross Frontier. Yeah. But not everything is Macross Frontier. No. So it's kind of like a case-by-case thing. All right. So far? Uh, I, pretty much, I pretty much agree with what Chris said. I, I, if I had my choice. All traditional animation all the way. And now this brings me to the final question. This one came a bit from left field, but um, I think this will make for an interesting story or vision. Canada Man. All hail Canada had bestowed upon me an interesting question for me, actually. Okay. Basically, uh, the question reads, in a three-way fight between Neo, Solbro, and Chris, <laughs> whom do you think would emerge victorious and why? <laughs> We're talking like no-holds-barred, weapon-based? This is a based? question for me. Okay. Oh, I know. I'm but just between wondering. the three, I would envision... Neo and Chris, as they usually do on the show, ganging up on Solbro. <laughs> to start. Solbro now would not go down without a fight, thus starting by attacking the jewels of both men. I envision Chris losing an eye at, at this point, but after a rather vis- visceral battle, Solbro would be impaled first. <laughs> <laughs> a nearby table leg or something to that effect. His femur, maybe. Just know, Solbro, that in my, Academy in my custom mind, table. Yeah. <laughs> just know, Solbro, that in my mind, you fought a valiant fight. The two remaining combatants would be locked in nothing short of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Could not have put that any better. While I have known Neo to be rather aggressive in his transgressions, <laughs> I cannot count out the bald wizard and his, shall we say, craftiness. I fight dirty, bitch. Indeed you do. At least in my mind you do. Though you will lose an arm <laughs> in dealing with Neo. What, what am I, Andy Waltfelt now? <laughs> arm and eye? Yes. You do end up winning because, for some reason, in your years of knowledge and experience with 
anime and mecha, you somehow have acquired a beam saber. <laughs> Friend Neo, you are vaporized. A tough man. Does he get vaporized like those uh, bikini girls from V Gundam? Oh, I don't mean he's in a bikini. I'm just <laughs> that would make just things even weirder. Be- beam uh, saber to I the am. dome like Lala. No. I was actually picturing more more along the lines of Nico from Destiny. My or, piano! Excuse me. I'm not going to say anything stupid like that, though, as I die. Catherine, my piano! So to answer the question, I would have to go with the bald wizard, Chris Guanche, winning the battle royale, but not without the scars to follow him and to remind him for the rest of his life of what it took to remain alive. Well, Chris is fighting off trolls every day, so he always has practice. <laughs> so if all these other guys are dead, who edits the show? <laughs> That's a good question. We all lose. <laughs> Actually, you, the listener, loses. Oh, way to go. Way to, way to go, Canada, man. Damn. I, I hope Thanks our, a lot, buddy. I hope, our, I hope our show has replay value. <laughs> Did we reach the magic number of 65 episodes by then for syndication? Yeah. Need to feed my kids. <laughs> Canada Man, Royalty, thank son. you very much for this question. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for today. I thank you, gentlemen, once again for having me here. I shall bid you all adieu, but just know that this was a wonderful time. And and please, make sure that you keep the pedal bears at a distance. A question for Soul, bro. Oh, a wait, question? What's, what's, I didn't know we were taking from the Surprise question. A, a question. An emergency question. Huh? All right, go ahead. Soul, bro, how do you feel that no matter what the outcome is, that one of, if even if one of your boys become men, they still aren't considered one of your boys anymore? Oh. Who made that rule? <laughs> That's a stipulation. Oh. Stipulation? Because for them to be your boys, they're useless. And if they become useful, they're not your boys. What? <laughs> quite, quite a paradox. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a no-win situation, buddy. I'll be glad that they graduated, and I'll have to let them go, like a bird at the nest. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Thank you, good sir. And so my time has drawn to an end here. I'm sure I shall return, though I know not when. But I do want to leave you with just two simple words. Words uttered by a great man, a gentleman by the name of Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. I just say to everyone here, always compete. Nice. Always compete in everything that you do. Good night, everyone. Got no captain and no goddamn first officer to replace him. Yeah, we do. Get off the stage. <laughs> Get to the flag. <laughs> Boo, soul bro. Boo is men. You're welcome. Uh, welcome back to the show that's up in your ear like Khan Noonien Singh. That's right. Gundam. 
at MAQ. And this special episode that's continuing, we're going to talk about um, an unexpected hit. <laughs> unexpected uh, hit? Well, um, an underdog hit of the summer season. Underdog? Underdog hit? Really? Hey. All I know is... Dude, you're using, like, the totally wrong adjectives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Star Trek, this segment, the new feature film, um, Reboot, by J.J. Abrams and, and the Boo. staff at um, Paramount. Um, and we're just going to be <laughs> giving all about the movie. And, um, <laughs> is it going to go as well as the last live-action movie we reviewed? Oh, yeah. You, you better have no, no, this. No, no, don't say it. Don't, don't say it. it. <laughs> well, that, don't say it. But, don't that guy, say it. but that guy's in this movie. The, the 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 that is or that Iraqi dude that from what movie I don't know what you're talking about from Iron Man Iron Man I never Man. heard it it's all right. it didn't happen he was the baddie in Iron what, Man what you mean like Gundam you shh oh. <laughs> never mind uh, the, um, the studio audience will be joining us in this conversation this time <laughs> will we ever basically we're all gonna give our uh, Who, who's our special news. guests tonight Solbro since yeah, you since you neglected to mention them all right well or, or ourselves our special guests can go around the room because we'll it's all about me 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 Solbro 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 yeah he doesn't need us anymore well this is uh, Pedro Bear South uh, Pedro from Tomapop.com this is Austin from the Hatergon <laughs> <laughs> I like General Hate from the Hatergon General Hate from the Hatergon General Hater from the Hatergon and uh, Solbro I'm sorry about that last crack. No, you're not. No, you're not. It was uncalled for, but it still felt good. Say it again so it's on tape. (laughs) Say it again. If you guys are wondering what I said to him, it's basically that Vic. Vic who? Who cares? Vic somebody from a certain industry where people talk and it's recorded to film. Edric Elwerk's voice. Voice actor. Wow. Vic the pussy voice actor. I'm sorry I said that. I'm so sorry. That, you know, he was Vic so the baker. That he can be one of Soul Bros men. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I'm sorry. No. I, want, I wonder who uh, Austin's and talking about. I don't, I don't know who that is. The voice of Edward Elric in the English version of Full Metal Alchemist. That doesn't exist. And, and thanks a lot. Of, uh, thanks a lot, Lulu Schlamperouge. <laughs> Lulu Schlamperouge died at the end of Kogia SR2. <laughs> hey, wait. Are you going to tell me next that King Kong falls off the Empire State Building at the no, end of the movie? No, because you just did. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that... And, and, Guess what? Darth what? Vader was Luke Skywalker's father at the end of Empire Strikes Back. No! <laughs> Neo, man. Fresh out of spoiler country. Yes. <laughs> and Bruce Willis was actually dead in, d- during just the Sixth Sense. Just, just done. No, and just Jack done. dies at the end of Titanic, too. <laughs> the ship sinks. There you go. <laughs> Finn. And our last special guest... No, that's it. There's no more. <laughs> and Romeo and Juliet die at the end of Romeo. Those oh, no way. Well, the wonder. The wonder. That's it. From level nine. Welcome. And um, of course, it, it, we also have our studio audience here too. You might hear quotes from them. <clears throat> Basically, Star Trek, the movie, when we went to go, well, when it was in production, there was a lot of naysayers saying that um, they couldn't reboot it without really bastardizing the franchise. Tony sucks. You gave him my childhood. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you kill him. But the other side of that coin was that Star Trek had pretty much stagnated in the late 90s. <laughs> and there really wasn't much else that was coming out. And this is what the franchise really needed was something, a shot in the arm. They needed a captain with hair. <laughs> <laughs> or they just needed to bury it at that point. Oh. Pretty much. But um, Shoot it. lo and behold, this <laughs> movie... Like a, like a poor dead horse in the middle of the field. Yeah. 
like old Yeller. <laughs> Lo and behold, <laughs> this, this movie finally comes out. It actually got pushed up from um, nope. winter of last year to. That would be summer. pushed back. Oh yeah, pushed back. What am I saying? I I, I don't know what you're saying. Just like it was the just like it was the underdog and the underappreciated, <laughs> and underexpected, uh, unexpected, yeah. ginormous <laughs> summer blockbuster. Yeah. Everybody thought like we'd no, make lots of money. Like nobody ever <laughs> heard of Star Trek before. Money, so. Man, we yeah. didn't even give you a, a drink or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a bit too sober, but um, maybe I'm hungover from yesterday. But uh, no, you're right. Um, it was pushed back until this summer, and lo and behold, it was up against a, um, the tightness of Wolverine, and it did. Not so much a Titan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's let's get to let's get to the point here. What, what are we talking about again yeah. here? We won't, we won't beat up on Wolverine. I, I don't need the production history of Star Trek. I'm just letting people know. And okay, I, okay, Wikipedia.org. I know. Came out, it was it was a success, and we all relatively enjoyed it to varying degrees. And um, I loved it. Um, anybody with some initial thoughts on the film? It totally sucks because because Star Trek was created by Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> And these guys, you know, this freaking guy from J.J. Abrams because he makes Lost. And Lost is a stupid piece of crap that I don't understand because it's stupid. <laughs> and it makes no sense. And it's like, what the hell, dude? How can a freaking island time travel through time, dude? It's freaking stupid. And all people are stupid. And everything you know is Thanks stupid. Thanks for screwing that up for me, And then Star Trek is stupid because it's stupid and it's just in, 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 on episode 25 right, of season kill this 2. this troll. Somebody's episode 25 of season 2 when Captain Cook got syphilis from the blue woman. That How, how could it be with, oh with the white woman and Star Trek 1 because that doesn't make any sense and it's all backwards and it's just, just, just too much for me I, I gotta go so, so, so how do we go on after? yeah I don't know what <laughs> alright well so eloquently Jeez. put <laughs> but, uh, any, any, I'm any, sorry who was that again <laughs> <laughs> just, just somebody ran into the room and grabbed a mic and then ran out <laughs> it was Vic Magnana worst oh, 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 worst movie Ever. Oh, dang. No. Dang, boy, wonder. <laughs> well, Simpsons reference. Come yeah, on. true. I know, I know. Okay. But what was what were your what were your initial thoughts on it? I thought it was pretty good. It was a fun it was fun. I mean, there were a couple of plot holes that to me are a bit glaring. Preach them. Preach those plot holes. Plot holes that you could you could warp the enterprise through. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got back in the room, hang him back out. <laughs> No way! I'm just trying to express my opinion. Oh. But um, it was it was entertaining. Uh, it was it was fun. It was entertaining, and you know, it's better than I thought it was going to be. But you know, we can get into the plot holes and stuff later. All I right. think Star Trek was the best movie of the summer and will be the best movie of the summer because nothing else will beat it. So better than Transformers, which you have yes, not seen. You know, after watching, <laughs> I haven't seen. You know, season of the Future. Yeah. I see everything. Dude, Bayformer did a piece of crap. Dude, it's just the worst. Michael Michael Bay is whipping my childhood. <laughs> and basically, I think like Transformers one, I was odd because of the transforming. But when you say it the second time, it's crap. Dang. It's crap. Damn. You know what? You know, the Decepticons, the Decepticons could have just easily bought the item on eBay and they would have won. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way I guess that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> well, well let's let's hold that thought for when that movie comes out. <clears throat> Anything else it on It would have just been a bidding war between them and the Autobots. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Well, you, re- you realize the writers of Transformers okay, wrote this okay, movie, right? Uh, okay. It was Star Trek, right? <laughs> Damn lie. No, no it's the truth. Same it is the truth. What the hell did they do? Uh, and they write, they're writing the sequel, so, you know, get ready. <laughs> well, they must have been on drugs for one of them. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> 
I, I thought the movie was really great. Uh, I'm, as a longtime Star Trek fan, it's been uh, brought up in my family. And, um, it's like a family heirloom. Actually, it is. Uh, and I gotta say, I, I enjoyed it immensely. I had low hopes for it, not because of uh, who it was attached to, but just because of the franchise itself. I thought was pretty much dead after the last TV show and the last couple of movies, you know, stinking completely at box office and, you know, in terms of quality. But I left the movie very, very pleased with how they did it. And, yeah, you know, they did have its plot holes, but for the most part, with sci-fi shows, you have to suspend at least a little bit of your belief. I mean, they can't tie everything up. And if you get caught in the nitty-gritty of tying everything up, <coughs> you lose, at least in my opinion, you lose the enjoyment of the film. You lose the whole point of it. Very true. So, Well... On the um, side cropped a Russian bootleg that I watched because <laughs> I'm I'm the only person that didn't get to see this movie in a theater because I kept getting loaded before before that so I eventually just turned my tickets in to watch Terminator Salvation. Um, it it was a pretty good it was a pretty good movie and I I will lay down the gauntlet it is um, I'll lay down the hate not real hate but. Not the general's hate, but you say that even though Austin is sitting next it, to you. It's it's a good movie, um, but it's still not as good as Star Trek Two because of. Uh, I don't think anyone Rathacon. ever said it was. No, I'm not. I'm not saying they did, but I, I I think I've seen people say it's like the greatest movie ever, and you know, even within the franchise. No, so it's not. I thought <clears throat> it's good. I thought it was a very interesting reboot. The way that they tied the retro look with. You know, a more updated look than what we're used to uh, was great. The damn flashing crap, though, across let's the screen. Let's flare, let's flare, let's flare, let's flare. That was getting a little annoying. There was plenty of that. The future is very bright. But um, it was cool the to... The future is owned by Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cool to see the movies go back to the true captain of the Enterprise, Captain Kirk. Don't you dare start... Talking I'm, to hate I just, about Captain Picard. Did I mention Captain Picard? I, said I know the that's true what you're captain, talking about. I said the true captain of the Enterprise, Captain Kirk. The, the true captain, captain of the Enterprise was <laughs> oh. was Captain Christopher Pike and Robert April, dude. You're full of crap. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I, th I thought it was a pretty... I can see where the people, uh, Star Trek fans, would have a problem with it. Because even after watching it, as entertaining and action-packed as it is, because it's the first time you've really seen where you want like Star Trek to be really action-packed, see what the Enterprise can do and all that stuff. Um, it was like an action film, a space action film yeah. with the Star Trek name on it. it was, I it mean, was, it, it was... Star Wars, uh, to some degree. I mean, it, it, it had, Maybe, yeah, I guess I so. Mean, not, 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 the, not the prequels. <laughs> I'm talking like the kind of the adventurous flavor. Yeah. Or, or yeah. the adventurous feeling that the original Star Wars movies had. It made it feel like a cereal. <laughs> they had a cereal. <laughs> yeah. That too. I, I do have some actual thoughts on the movie because uh, every time I'm about to say something, some troll keeps running into this room <laughs> and grabbing just my mic for some odd reason. I, I, we've actually we grabbed him and so shot him. So. Okay, good. I think you have a pest problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might need to have that checked out. Call the Orkin, man. <laughs> Hit us with the knowledge. For me, uh, I, I've been kind of meh on Star Trek for a long time because I used to be a huge fan. But then after Deep Space Nine ended, Voyager was kind of always meh for me. So I kind of dropped out on that, even Go though I watched... Captain. Let's not, let's not lay on the sexism. <laughs> sexism comes back. Enterprise didn't really catch my attention. And what I watched was kind of meh. There's some okay stuff later on. And then Nemesis uh, was a movie that wasn't bad per se, but was trying really hard to cosplay as Wrath of Khan <laughs> and failed to win the contest. 
The contest? The contest. <laughs> so, you know, for me, Star Trek's been dead for a long time, and it's kind of like a distant memory, and, you know, I would watch reruns of the original or next gen on TV, and it's like, wow, I used to love that so much. And then finally this movie came along, and I was willing to give, keep an open mind about it and not go crazy like when people, you know, bitch to high hell about the design of the Enterprise or the look of the uniform or the look of the bridge or blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> but um, what I really enjoyed about the movie is it's, it is an action movie, but it still is Star Trek in every sense of the word. You know, time paradoxes, you know, the story of... You know, Kirk and Spock and Bones coming together and, and their relationship being formed as that triumvirate. Leonard Nimoy returning after 18 years, coming out of retirement to play Spock. Oh, that was... So even though it is an action movie, it still stays true to the spirit of Star Trek and manages for once, I think, to be a movie that can appeal to fans and non-fans because a lot of the Star Trek movies <laughs> try to walk that line and fail miserably either by having humor that really falls flat, mm -hmm. like say Insurrection, where oh. Data becomes a Data becomes a retard and starts talking about uh, how saggy his boobs are, <laughs> and 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 uh, and Worf gets Klingon acne. Oh. <laughs> so you know, God, or a Nemesis where you get Forrest Gump data. That too. <laughs> a lot of Star Trek movies have tried, you know, to ha or you know, Star Trek Five with really bad humor. You know, they try to appeal to a wide audience, but then manage to not appeal to anybody. So I think uh, <laughs> this movie manages to capture that balance perfectly and, for the first time, breaks the odd-numbered curse. Which is ironic, because um, Simon Pegg, he um, had a show called Spaced, where there's a comedy show with sci-fi themes. Um, he, his, one of his characters on the show said that there's no good odd-numbered Star Trek movie. The actor went on to say later that it would be fate that he would be casted in an odd number Star Trek movie, which of course turned out to be good. So it's it. Life is not without a sense of humor. Not at all. <laughs> About the cast, I guess we'll just run down them. Um, the lead, James T. Kirk, was played by Chris Pine. What were you guys' um, thoughts about um, him and the other cast members of, um, of, of Star Trek and how they played their roles? Well, Chris Pine was great, aside from the fact that he got his ass kicked in every scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay, because that's, that's okay, he's supposed hey, to be a he, punk ass. He's like a young punk ass who can't handle himself. And, you know, and he he also, gets but he women. also gets the women's, too, so... Well, sort of. He gets the green women, which Your is... Your last all name the is matters. Kirk? Yes, hey, man. And he's got commitment <laughs> issues. I mean, how is it not James T. Kirk? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Runs into space to get away. The only reason why he's not winning fights is because he hasn't learned the, the neck chop and the double axe handle. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, uh, what's his name of the guy that was Spock? Guy on Heroes? Zachary Quinto. Yeah, that guy. Siler. Siler. <laughs> Just call him Siler. The poor guy's going to be either be called S uh, Spock or Siler for the rest of his life. He, uh, <laughs> he, he traded in the ability to steal other people's powers for a mind meld. All right, fine. That's a I fair guess. trade. Yeah. Oh, he did. A, he did a pretty excellent job as um as Spock. I mean, and 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 the actor went on to say that <laughs> it's well, Spock a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit more emotional than I expected Spock to be, and for him to to be uh, to, to be hooked up with a her was a nice surprise. Oh, way to spoil that for the people that didn't see the movie. Because oh, because Man. she has uh, excellent oral uh, skill or sensitivity. Sensitivity. Sensi yeah, sensi sensitivity. <laughs> it is it is highly logical to uh, to tap that <laughs> to tap that. <laughs> but yeah, then and, and Uhura would be played by Zoe Saldana. Um, 
who most people probably know from the first Pirates movie. She played the um, the chick that ran away with um, Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow's ship. She did a pretty good job as a hero in this movie, though. Yeah, she never returned so, in the second one. No, she didn't, man. She was smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping this boat. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, she did a pretty good job. I like the fact that they explained um, Ahura's purpose a little bit more and the fact that she... She had a purpose, period. <laughs> yeah, she had a purpose. I mean, granted, she was like a over... She was an over-accomplished um, operator in the TV show. Yeah. But in this one, she was... Um, a master of many different languages, Earth-based and alien. So I was like, that that makes a lot well, of you sense. You have to realize this is before they had the little tra- the universal. Yes. Fact. See, yeah, that's like the frontier days. Yeah, they they, they made a they made a point to uh, they made a point to talk about that with uh, the original Enterprise as mm-hmm. well. That's true. Oh yeah, that's right because uh, yeah, the Japanese woman was yeah. on there. Very true. What about John Cho as Sulu? Uh, I love Oh it. yeah, I that it. that was my man Harold. <laughs> I I dig his uh dig his portrayal. That that was uh, surprisingly uh He wasn't gay enough for me. Oh. <laughs> amazing amazing I like my Sulu gay. Amazing amazing space katana. Yeah. <laughs> despite despite oh you know, I, I, And I and then gay, I mean happy. I kept yeah, hoping absolutely. that I love that despite everyone talking all that smack about him being Korean and it had to be a Japanese. Oh, oh but the but people but people people, people people keep talking yeah, about know, that kind I of thing. I just kept hoping that a bong would just appear next to him. Me. Actually, the, the hilt of that sword was a bong. Yeah. Cal Pym just walk out, walk out to the frame. <laughs> no, he's he's too busy uh, meeting with uh, President Obama to, to to show up in movies these days. So. I heard about that. I heard about it. he's on. The, he, he got he got appointed something. But um, for him, I guess. I guess so, man. Nope. Moving on. Sucks for House fans. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Hey, he committed suicide. <laughs> oh. Sweet. Spoilers all throughout this. <laughs> Anton Yelchin as as Chekhov. I have to say he was he was humorous as the guy and he Olsen's gun, sir. <laughs> Authorization code week third week third nine. The guys should also know he plays Kyle Reese in Terminator. Yeah, yeah Kyle Reese and um he did a good job in that movie too, but yeah, exactly. It, it, even though he was in that, he's probably on screen in that movie more than he was in Star Trek. He was, <laughs> he was, um, he was, he was. He, they, Chekhov finally had a use. You know, he wasn't just that young dude on the ship, on the ship trying to lure in the younger viewers. He just, just wanted to pinch his cheeks. <laughs> Where are your nuclear <laughs> vessels? He, he was now the Bobby. He's now the Bobby Fisher of the Enterprise. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was good to see him there. And finally, um, I say I named off pretty much everybody. Oh, Carl Urban. What about the? I'm saving it for last. Simon Pegg. No. And, oh, what about the villain, about Simon dude? Pegg. Well, well, well yeah. uh, we're going down the, the the core cast, and we'll get to Nero. I mean, okay. Ants. Okay, okay, Come Nero. What Christ about Nero? <laughs> what about Carl Urban? What about Christopher or the Captain Pike? God, you just totally out of order. What man. about what what about the dude that um you know put the charges up I'm against taking Kirk? Command. Against Kirk, uh, Tyler, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. What about him? Medea? Yeah. He did alright for the like the five minutes. What about the, the guy that, that what about the guy that uh that, that Kirk gave his motorcycle to? He was a great, what about great this character. Short midget alien that hangs out with Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> What about what about what about the punk security officer? What about our uh, cupcake? Give me a cupcake. 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 <laughs> Who, by the way, is Sobro's man in this movie? Oh, what the hell? Oh, oh. Suck. I thought it was I thought it was a Lieutenant Olsen, man. Burn. <laughs> He Chief, died. Chief Engineer Olsen. <laughs> he died awesome. That with a grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Dude. He died drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, 
I actually think I actually, the I actually believe that that was just probably the biggest strength of the movie was the cast. Yeah. The fact that you could actually see the original characters that everybody knows and loves. Yeah within these new actors doing them. So, I, you know, I, I kind of believe that if that wasn't possible, that a movie probably wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. The overall story, it's, it's okay, but it's, you know, it also breaks the rules of Back to the Future time travel in movies. And we, that has been established because you got to remember... Back to the Future is the Bible when it comes to time travel in movies. Preach it. Period. <laughs> because how in the hell does old Spock and new, Sp- new Spock meet each other without instantly vaporizing? <laughs> Well, thought, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Didn't it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen in uh, Back to the Future either. Well, wait a minute. No, there was this whole thing. No, that's what I'm saying. They can't talk to each other. If you run it, if you see no. yourself, could cause a rift Spock in the space from time. The future continue. is from a entirely oh, different reality. universe but, now. There's two, not there's, just the same timeline. There's two reasons why you're wrong. Because you're wrong. So there's two reasons why you're wrong. And you're wrong. Back to the Future two introduced. The idea of a parallel universe. Remember Biff and Control and Alton in 1985? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one. Yeah, but everything. Two, that's true. Two, the original Star Trek series did parallel universes all the time. So, time travel be damned. We had parallel universes and they cross over them all the time. Well, Same people facing off each other. Yeah. Still didn't happen. You still have to. Sh- no, mirror, mirror. They went and they trans. They went and they transported to um, Dude, another shaking, com- man. a completely <laughs> different like universe. Me off the bed. And it had its own timeline and everything. Nothing changed. It was just a transporter accident. So you know, this was this was brought about by time travel, but it solidified its own universe, right? Time travel. I need to speak to Stephen Hawking. Well, you go ahead and do that because <laughs> he will clear this up. Like to know. Please now, say the name of the movie you'd like to see. <laughs> just a quick, just a quick addendum to the, Sorry, the whole cast thing. Um, I got to say that the two best actors in the movie are probably Simon Pegg and, of course, um, Carl Urban, who played Bone. Simon Pegg played Scotty. They both really channeled, channeled the characters very well. Carl Urban, of course, was spot on as Bones. I've got to say. The first line you hear out of his mouth. Actually, not, maybe not the first line, but one of the first ones when he's talking about what his wife did to him. <laughs> or, or what I think will be. In the divorce, she took the whole planet. <laughs> what I think might be the, the, an iconic future line, I may throw up on you. <laughs> what I love about Bones is that before he even says his name, before you even see him, you just hear him arguing off screen, you're yeah. like, that's Bones. <laughs> <laughs> what I think uh, makes this movie work, agreeing with you guys is, and this hasn't been mentioned, is in terms of the performances of everybody, is that they channel the spirit of the characters without impersonating the actors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't see Chris Pine doing Shatnerian pauses. <laughs> Spock, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> we have to stop. Nero. Captain, this man has a broken arm. <laughs> He's dead, Jim. I mean, you don't, see, you don't see that. I mean, so you can see that, you know, these actors are, you know, containing the spirit of those characters and everything they embody without impersonating the actors, which would have just been lame, especially yeah. in the case of Spock, where you have Zachary Quinto, you know, sharing scenes with Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. 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 Well, that what was nice about that, and I think one of the great changes was the fact that you never really got the conflict with him being <laughs> half-human, and then we get to see that, you know, the Vulcans are pretty much racist bastards in this movie. <laughs> And, you know, for the, f- for the fact that he's half human, you know, he's like ostracized and in- until he gets his retard strength and beats the hell out of that one kid. <laughs> but, um, Stop but I, fun I, of me. I, I like that because, you know, 
you're, you're, you're taken to a different point of when you're introduced to these characters originally. You see that Bones is like the older, he's the older guy. Uh, you know, he's probably a few years older than Kirk and Spock. Spock's a few years older than Kirk. And, you know, it just seems that, sometimes in the original show, you got the idea that they like all appeared at the same time, like they're all classmates. And they really weren't. But now they are. Now they are. <laughs> it was nice to see him beat that test, too. Yeah. See, that test they talk about yeah, in uh, did the they ever, did, they ever, did they ever prove if he actually hacked it or not? Or? Oh, he hacked it. He hacked it. To his own admittance, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he admitted that in car. He, he was eating that apple like it was in Wrath of That was the best. <laughs> Bones. I just wonder. Bones. Uh, this man has appendicitis. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a... I'm a doctor. <laughs> I just wonder in the later incarnations with the reboot if he's gonna conti- if he will move on to getting the perm, like he oh, did in uh, the future movies. Another beast that boy. Yeah, the, the shat, shat perm. perm. He's, no, he's gonna get frosted tips. <laughs> or lots hawk. of lens flare. Faux hawk. It was lens flare like an mf'er in this movie though. I have to say, <laughs> could use less of that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot less of that. I guess ILM got a little overboard with that, but um, <laughs> that's all J.J. Uh, Abrams. Well, he, he he was on record. He said that um when they got the when they got the dailies back from ILM, that he noticed they they really accentuated the lens flare, and he thought it was a cool look, so he he let it roll with it. But upon repeated viewings, it does get a little annoying. <laughs> on the first viewing, it got a little annoying. I was fine with it the first viewing. I think oh. um, I was not. I was not either. Yeah, y'all were getting sick, huh? And I was watching on a not sick, just an. Annoying. It was just yeah. I, annoying. I, just, I just ignored. I I got used to it after like about ten minutes, and there you go. Just slipped past my. Shut up! Nobody asked. You. <laughs> it's like being in an Apple store. Sweet. <laughs> Minus all the geniuses and people checking uh, Facebook and looking at stupid things on YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in your guys' opinion, do you think this is... Um, some people say this is, might be the best reboot in the last couple of years. And you mean you? I, I, I believe it is. I think it's one of the best Some might say. In a while. I mean, What do you mean? Like in old, tired franchises? Being rebooted, yeah. Like, like it would be up I, I against would... Batman Begins... It'd be up against. Um, uh, I'm trying to think Here's of another reboot in the last couple of years. But go ahead, boy. Well, yeah, Casino that's not the, that. wasn't Royale. the beginning of the reboot, though. Yeah, it's a reboot. It is a reboot. The, the, the issue is it's, it's different genres of movies that are being rebooted. So you're comparing. You're going across genre lines. If if we had to compare, I'd probably say Batman Begins still has an edge for me. Yeah. Um, you think so? Because, I think it's a stronger movie because uh, Batman was really in the crapper. <laughs> there was like almost no credibility to that uh, well, franchise. Well, same thing with Star Trek, though. Star Trek was bad, but it, it was watchable. Yeah, but here's the difference. The thing was, there were some redeeming qualities in some of those not so good Star Trek movies. But man, Batman. Yeah, the one with George <laughs> yeah, the Clooney. Hey. But the last. I'm sorry. Which movie was that? Villains. On, I don't even. Rich, I don't even know. I just fat nipples. Not, not said. But here's the thing about Batman, and because it's a comic book movie, and comic comic books and and <laughs> reboots go hand in hand. Like oh, yeah. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Yeah. So Star Trek has never been rebooted, and a lot of people were hostile and are still hostile to the idea of a reboot slash reimagining. So you have a hostile fan base. Attempting something that's never been done before, something that could either be a big success or a huge failure. So I think it was a much, much riskier proposition doing this because, you know, yeah, Batman got screwed up, but eventually somebody will get it right. This is entirely uncharted territory, and I'm not going to go to the obvious pun. The only way, the, 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 um. I applaud you. I applaud you for your self control. The, the only, the, I guess the only way you could really equate it would be. 
the original the movie for the new Battlestar Galactica because that was like two hours long or something like that. So and that was a completely different take from you know fighting shiny robots and Lauren Green there and Bracket you know toasters. yeah and stuff the like that in, and, and, in space. and it, it brought it brought a different feel to you know instead of like a hopeful future or hopeful alternative world it was like everything was dingy and you know people got blown up and it just sucked so i don't know i mean i think it's okay but i don't i wouldn't necessarily say it was the greatest reboot i think it ejects much needed passion and excitement into the franchise the big key is going to be is how where do they go from here i mean star trek was good but where do they go from here i mean normally no we say you broke the odds curse well you know, will they now establish the Evans curse? Oh, no. Well, I'm just <laughs> no! saying. You never know. Ne- different, it's a different timeline. Nemesis so. did that. <laughs> no. But um, I think it was a good movie, very good movie. I wouldn't say it was a great movie, but, you know, it was enjoyable. And, you know, I understand everybody's negatives, pros and cons with it. I can see where the Star Trek people get pissed. Yeah. And I, but, you know, it was for mass audience. I mean, yeah, that's what you duck. need. And, um, Charles <clears throat> back. You know, but th- that'll be the key is where they go from here. Austin? Oh, no, just your thoughts? <laughs> you've, just been too, you've just been so chill, man. <laughs> I, oh, I think uh, for the second one, because I've been hearing people are saying that it's the perfect time to reintroduce uh, the entire con thing again, where you can do, like, the original and the original uh, episodes. Yeah, Space Seed. Yeah, yeah, where you had that series going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they said, I've been hearing it's a perfect time to reintroduce it. Well, it, it brings up the argument that some people say they want to go. They want them to go completely with new stories and whatnot. But I don't want them to just skip over no, what, what's already yeah. out there and what's already exists. And I'm right there with you. The pro- yeah, I, would, I would love to see a yeah. space seed reboot. But what's the this, point? This, this, what's the, the point of reinventing the wheel? It's already been done. <sighs> yeah. Well, why try doing it again? It doesn't have to be done the same exact way. It doesn't. But if you think about it, like they're already in an alternate universe, so they've already established alternate timelines yeah. for all yeah. this stuff. You know, as far as they know, by. Uh, Kirk's dad dying, that kind of even factor into the picture in this world. Yeah. That's well, the thing. yeah, that, but you know, this is the thing. Yeah. The only reason why I think Abrams even introduced the alternate thing is just so he can shut up all the geeks and so forth. Pretty so much. Yeah, well. Because look, the main thing is they don't want. It does have you, a lot of problems. Though. Yeah, they don't want you, they don't want J.J. Uh, Abrams to erase their history. Well, here's that's the major thing. Well, they're not the erasing also. it, though. Yeah. Here's the thing also, no. you need to, you need to kind of, just for dramatic purposes, you know, do this wipeout of the old continuity because. If you stick with the old continuity, there's no sense of danger because you know that Spock's not going to die until Wrath of Khan and that he's going to come back. And you know that Kirk's not going to die until Generations. So there's no sense. And you know that nobody else is going to die, period. So what's the sense of danger? This is an alternate timeline. Maybe they'll kill Scotty in the next movie just to show you that these people aren't invincible. Well, the (laughs) next thing, I mean, basically the next thing you got doing, uh, they can do now is you can introduce the Klingons because you've been hearing about them but haven't seen them. The big, the big thing I would say is I, I kind of agree with Chris on that. Is that you know we've already got those movies and we've already seen it. And yeah, maybe it would be cool to see how it would play out. But in the end, everybody wants it to play out the same way. Yeah. You know, you want them getting stranded, coming back, whatever. And and I mean, I'd be I'm I kind of get the impression on this movie. Yeah, it leaves it open ended. But this was kind of an all or nothing movie. This movie didn't do well. You're not seeing Star Trek on the big screen. No, you're not seeing it again on the screen. On the big screen? Yeah. No. It, it's, it's, it's all or done. I'd, I'd equate it to our discussion with, um, about Double O. Yeah. Where it was, it, it was all, it was pretty much kind of an all or nothing thing. Gundam would not, it would be popular in Japan. Mm. I, the next Gundam show would have came out. I've been like, mm, I'll see it when I see it. 
Yeah, I would not. So, but do you really do? You but really that's think for about you that? as a fan. That's, as a fan, this is not for the franchise because Gundam is a right. healthy franchise. Star Trek has been ailing for like almost a decade. So. Yeah, but I mean, I agree with you. I'd rather see them just do different. Since you established that entirely, you, you, the you have so many possibilities now. I mean, see, the thing is, I don't want them to fall into the trap that Enterprise did because Enterprise was doing stuff like. Like, just breaking everything. Like, oh, we're showing the Ferengi, but, you know, since they're not supposed to know about him until Next Generation, we'll turn the light down so they can't see who it is. Oh, and, my. Oh, you know, we're going to have the Borg, but uh, since they're not supposed to know who they are until Next Generation, they'll never figure out who it is. Ooh. Or this is the first time <laughs> yeah. that this problem happened. Or, oh, now, yes, we've done this story a zillion times, but this technically is the first time it ever happened, so that makes it okay. Yeah. I don't want to see the same stories play out in a slightly different way. I want the whole point of a new timeline is as Spock has said their destinies have changed and I mean you could bring in characters you could bring in some characters Character. but I don't not the same see, story yeah. I don't want to see like a, like a psycho remake shot for shot of <laughs> Wrath of Khan well, yeah. I, mean, I want to I mean, see space, space new seed, stories Space Seed was a 50 minute episode this would be a two hour movie but what, what's many the point directions. Yeah, I, What's I can the see, need? I, can see I mean, you're just wanting to see the stuff that didn't appear on the screen. Yeah, and well, that's what it is. Well, I mean, no, I would like to see the story go in a completely different direction, twist and whatnot. But but um, in the end, he would be taking over the Enterprise. Yeah, but yeah, true. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the end. That's yeah. the end game. Pedro, you Dude, were gonna yes. say something. Just uh, watch, no, just got, watch Space Seed if that's what you want. So I bad. did. <laughs> well, watch it again, which got me excited. Watch the remastered version. <laughs> Pedro, what were you gonna say? Well, the point I was gonna make specifically using uh, the Gotham Double O whole idea was that at least with how the anime industry seems today everything is very very ADD and that the next show shun the next craze comes everything falls down look at shows like like Haruhi again not going away from Mecca but look at that how that was so popular and then immediately was replaced by Lucky Star yeah. and now it's been replaced by K-On basically everybody's attention span is so quick that you can have a really bad show wait two years Forget reboot it, it again yeah. and everything's fine again whereas the you know, see people who are point. still stuck on, or I mean, you still have arguments, Picard and Kirk. Yeah. Like, if. Well, there is. I don't really know where I'm sort of going with that, but, like. <laughs> I, 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 I sidetracked myself. Wins but the, Picard, the whole, the whole idea is that, like. In Picard versus though, Kirk. The whole idea is that I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Double O is under the same sort of, uh. Worry for a failing yeah. that, uh. That Star, the, that Star Trek was because the Star yeah. Trek bombed out, done, no yeah. more, never. Yeah, again. That's, I mean that's what I meant. Yeah, See, yeah, I mean, and and that's they took all the chances because it, they didn't know. I mean, yeah, they left it open for the sequel, but they took all the chances. As, like I said, this thing got bad reviews or it didn't do well. <laughs> you're not seeing it. I don't think you're seeing Star Trek again. Abrams would have been blacklisted as a bum when it came to space movies. Yeah. <laughs> Any inside boy wonder? Well, we talked a little bit about the time travel thing and uh, whatever, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the only other thing was the uh, the part when uh, Kirk got jettisoned to the planet. It's like okay, if he's in breach of um, of, of security or insubordination, you're telling me on a ship that big there's no brig, there's no hold, there's no holding cells. They just kick you out in the Spock middle of the of the galaxy. Spock's a dick. <laughs> Spock's a dick. Just, I'm just, I mean. Yeah, but wasn't he already going, like, he sent to the brig, and then he just started fighting? No, it doesn't matter. He just, you, didn't, want to, he just didn't want to deal with him. You're a prisoner. <laughs> Get off That's my ship. That's the thing. It's like, I mean, well, maybe, he, we're not talking about, you know, David Copperfield or MacGyver. Yeah. Or <laughs> hey. You put the guy in the holding cell, his hey, ass stays you there. You give Kirk a paper clip 
and a bottle of KY jelly, and he can MacGyver himself out of any situation anywhere in the galaxy. Exactly. Into the pants of another green. Into the pants of some green woman. <laughs> That's awesome. With but, blue um, boobs. You know, just he ends up on uh, on planet Hoth from Star Wars, and <laughs> and just happens to run into Spock five minutes later. I mean, wow! After, being After having to run from the giant the vagina monster. crab monster. <laughs> But, and, um, and, and, and this Spock's happy to see him as the young Spock's <laughs> not happy to see him. <laughs> Must have been like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. But, hey, it, it was fun. Took my mom to see it. She clapped at the end, yeah. so I guess it's good. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a good movie. She is the authority, man. Yeah. She grew up with the show, she man. Is. But, there you go. But, um... um all right, I think this... Well, we, we talked about the future of the franchise and all that. Um, any Any... Any final thoughts on this movie and where um, the franchise might be going, or just? I thought yeah. we just covered yeah, that. Yeah, we we did. Well, it's the worst we... piece of crap ever. Star Trek's been dead for years. It sucks. It sucks. Get out of the room. It sucks. You all suck. I hate you all. I hope Stop you all him. die. Stop them into the ground. <laughs> you it's... all are stupid. You're not real fans. Oh man. It's good if you want to. If you're interested, go see it. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Bye, I mean, what, what else? You can see it in your neck of the woods. Go check it out. If you like green hooters and a push-up bra, and go I do. see Austin, it. close us out with some hate. <laughs> I hate. <laughs> I hate, therefore I am. <laughs> well, I made him stop fidgeting his damn leg on the bed here. So I guess maybe he, 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 yeah, he didn't cure his hate from him. Man. Momentarily, I assure you. Jesus. Momentarily. <laughs> like vibrating off this damn thing. <laughs> I think well. we all should just remember that uh, the hypocrisy of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some truths that we need to let, let out. What's up? One, they were racist to Cisco. They sent his black ass all the way to the end of the universe. They started him off as a commander, not a captain. <laughs> and a, an administrator. Exactly. <laughs> they just stuck him there. He couldn't Another go anywhere. Thing, you know, he, the man finds a wormhole. What they do? They still keep him there. <laughs> they give him a ship you can't see. Because <laughs> black people are invisible, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, then, 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 then you got the bullshit. The Voyager. You got, oh. you know, you, you got Janeway. We got the female captain. Oh my! You got, you oh god, here it comes again. Janeway cheated, man. Her old self brought her new self. You, you know, Show from the future, so she gets promoted over Picard. <laughs> that is the biggest bullshit I've ever seen. <laughs> Amen, brother. That is bullshit. Show you. Well, damn. And then you got Picard, who should have died in Nemesis. Yeah. Everybody should die, huh? Just, 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 just like, just kill them all. You know, the world would be a better place. For I think there's, oh, some, I think there's a guy out there who could take care of that. <laughs> plus, plus, you got to think. He knows a thing or two about a thing or two about killing them all. <laughs> plus, 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 you, plus, you got to remember too. Paramount screwed it up once; they could do it again. So, oh, and anybody can. <laughs> well, that's all I got to hate on. Right? Well then, and Pedro, well, well placed. Cl- any closing uh, thoughts? I- I enjoyed the movie. It was great. I think uh, Star Trek is a viable franchise now. Maybe not necessarily for a TV show, but definitely as a mo- as movies. And I will gladly see the second one and definitely give it a chance. Here, here, oh. Chris, Neo, Mur. Nope, no, nothing. We more. just said what we're. Yeah, what, you ever what, pay attention to the show? You want it's final thoughts? <laughs> what do you do? You want final thoughts on my final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. Boy wonder. <laughs> All right then. I think well. my I think my final thoughts were stern yet fair. <laughs> Uh, uplifting, but not over too optimistic. This segment is done. Well, where to go, where to go, Mr. Double Talk. And um, that closes us out here with our Star Trek. Parallel Universe. Our Star Trek discussion. We'll be back with more Gundam at MHQ. In the Star Trek Universe, Lelouch is alive.
Lelouch lives in this universe. <laughs> You got something brewing. I know it. What I got brewing? You what can't... I got brewing, right? You tell me. You done lost your dumb damn mind. Need a cake, but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. <gasps> oh! Oh! Damn you, Roger! Damn it! Damn you! Welcome back, everyone, to this uh, special episode of uh, Gundam at MAHQ. In this uh, special episode, uh, we had a return. Uh, he came back from Europe after a six-month sabbatical out there. Mr. Bill Whipton uh, doing a little bit different take than he did in the anniversary show, this time taking some viewer questions um, and giving it to myself, Solbro, and Chris. Um, you know, kind of a different way of doing the live call-in shows. And uh, we also... I don't know if I'm going to be jinxing this, but uh, we also did technically, well, in the timeline, in this universe, the first actual movie review of a live action film, but in the old, the old time continuing, it would be number two because uh, one got lost, um, but uh, we're going to be covering the Soul Bros unexpected underdog hit of... Uh, Star Trek, uh, the the new reboot that um, you know opened up uh, about a week or two ago. So, how many kajillions did this unexpected uh, hit underdog movie make? I have no clue. Of, I don't know. A lot of kajillions. There you go. Right now, it's like over hundred fifty million. Yeah. There you go. Unexpected hit, <laughs> done on a shoestring budget with no promotion. And just came out of nowhere. The baddest, no name actors. The baddest indie <laughs> flick ever. Yes. No name actors. No name actors. No recognition of anybody that was anyone. Nobody. Nobody ever. even knew this movie existed before it yes. came out. <laughs> Not since Starship Troopers have I seen something triumphant. Yeah. But um. Word of mouth. During during that panel, we were um, we were joined by some special guests. Uh, Pedro, Pedro Bear South. Um, Bob, what's up? <laughs> And General Hate from the Hatagon, Austin. Hate Boy Wonder. <laughs> well, I was gonna get there. Give me. I was. I was doing the Shatner pause. I was like, the Hatagon. Boy Wonder. Uh, special guest from uh, the other podcast, the video game podcast show that's kind of slow getting out. Uh, level nine. I, w- I wonder but, why that is. Yeah. Well, it, if you've ever seen, you ever see a DVR glow, glow red hot? You should go to Sobro's house. <laughs> But, um, Chris, any news 
or fun tidbits from the MHQfront.net front. What do you think? <laughs> that would be what we always hear. No. <laughs> All right, so bro, hit with us up with some of the contact information so we can I'll, leave. I'll just, I'll just make this real short. Please um, do. MHQ.net, Gundam.net. It reaches by email at GundamMHQ at gmail.com and find us on iTunes. Done. And we thank all of those folks that submitted questions, submitted email questions to uh, Bill Whipton. And we will see you guys in a few weeks with our next episode. Talk to you later. Where are you looking? I'm up here. Right up here. The winds of the king! Zenshin! Kiretsu! Tenbakyoran! Look! The east is burning red! Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MHQ production. You want some cars sold? We'll be there. We got a dealership in the ICU. 211 cars getting suntans on the lot. Don, I don't mean to complain, but it's been a year and a half since I've been home. And I'm 90% sure I left my front door open.